Waffle Book Club podcast featuring two friends. I'm Travis, joined as always by my co-host Amanda. Welcome back, Amanda. Hello! It is a nighttime recording. Perhaps that'll change the tone and approach of this book recommendation, but I don't think so. We're accustomed to, you know, we can do it at night, we can do it in the morning, we can do it anytime. Mm-hmm. As long as book discussion's on the table, we're, we're going to be feasting. If it's your first time listening to this podcast, you've ended up in a pretty good spot then. Today will be a book recommendation episode on the novel A Good Family by A.H. Kim. Book recommendation episodes are just what they sound like. It's when we give a broad overview of the work. We're not going to spoil anything intensive. And our goal here is to basically persuade you to read this book with us. It's a novel uh, over the course of the next two weeks. So if you're looking for a new book read or an idea of what to read, then stick with us for the next 25 minutes or so, and we'll try and persuade you to read this one. Or uh, dissuade. <laughs> Is that a better preview of my <laughs> my approach here? Anyway, no spoilers. If um, if you've never listened to a book rack, I just gave the rundown. So what are we talking about? Oh, yeah. So the, the, the podcast, of course. i got to do our plugs. Mm-hmm. Duh. And then also I'll, I'll set, the, set up the book, of course. Um we have social media accounts, so again, if you've never listened before, check us out on Instagram and Facebook at the Lightly Literary Podcast, which is all one word, so easy to find and search. We do promotions about what we're reading, and we kind of post the upcoming books and schedule, so those are the best places to follow us and keep up. And this was your pick, Amanda. Do you want to lay out quickly why you chose it and the inspiration for it? Sure. I was um, walking around my local bookstore, and I was looking in particular for uh, Korean-American writers. And I stumbled on this book, and I gravitated towards it because it's supposed to be a mystery. And I was like, huh, I wonder if it's going to be different from other mysteries that I've read because um, yeah. she's she's um, Korean-American. So that is, uh, that's why I chose it. Well, I guess we could. Uh, this is, I don't think, a spoiler to answer that question. Do you feel like it did? Did it accomplish the the goal you had envisioned? No. Okay. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) In part one, we do talk about the ideas from identity things that come up. But yeah, I was going to say my answer to that would be a hard no. But I guess, you know, always, always up to the reader to interpret it as they see fit. Well, let's dive into Mm -hmm. our recommendation then. We've set it up in a basic sense. Actually, let me do from the cover too. I'm, I'm slipping here at night. Let me just read briefly kind of the, the selling point or the summary on the back Uh, it says this is the story of the min lingstroms this is the story of the all-american family as it implodes under the weight of secrets lies and the unchecked desire for wealth and power and then it just runs through the cast of characters someone knows something someone betrayed beth who is the kind of rich matriarch of this family so yeah novel of family betrayal love greed all the buzzwords we could say let's dive into the recommendation you feel ready I'm ready. Yeah, let's get after it. Our first segment is going to be the rapid-fire recommendations. This is when we fill in the prompt or fill in the blank for you should read this book if, and kind of go back and forth. I'll start. I think you should read this book if you just love brands. If you fucking love brands, if you love name brands, you got to read this one. That's very fitting because one of the ones, I'll go ahead and do my next, my one. Um, if you think literature should have lots of product placement. I, yeah. <laughs> it's, um, you know, and I just can't think of an example from the work that would be useful as like a critique or satire. Or I'm trying to, you know, I feel like we always read pretty generously, but I just, I feel felt inundated and I can't, I'm grasping for like meaning, you know? 
So, yep. yeah, if you love brands, I guess I'll go again, because um, that did <laughs> yep. take up one of yours, too. took up one of yours. I think you should read this book if you enjoy some of the worst family holidays ever, you know, conceived and executed. So if you love a messy holiday. Which I feel like every holiday, when, when you get in-laws together, has the potential to be I, I a terrible I don't know. Holiday. I struggle with this. <laughs> I, I've, I've been very lucky. I have only positive, really, interactions with my family. Certainly not perfect or whatever, but it's not... If there were issues when I was younger, I think I just kind of blacked them out. And then in my adult (laughs) life, it's been pretty easy going. (laughs) So, yeah, there was one, without saying too many specifics, of course, there was one winter holiday season that was really rough, but it was because of not my immediate nuclear family. So Mm, even then, it was mm kind of like we were able to, you know, endure and support as best we could, but... Nice. Lucky. Um, I would say you should read this book if you enjoy family drama books. So that goes along with yours, too. It does. We're lining up well on these. We do write them blind, listener, if you're not, yeah. if that's not clear by now. <laughs> we, do, we don't write them with each other. Yeah, it's certainly the main kind of thrust of this is about family. So very broadly mm-hmm. speaking, I think that works. Uh, tacking on to that, I think you should read this book if you just hate Christmas. If you, if you want to see Christmas <laughs> go awry. <laughs> so if you hate Christmas, go ahead. Lots of, yeah, terrible things happen on Christmas or around the Christmas time in the mm-hmm. book. Um you should read this book if you like flashbacks. It is primarily told that way, I would say. Mm-hmm. You know, that that is mostly how this is done. And I think the book does overestimate how important we will assume those to be or sort of, again, we're generous readers, but I think the book really believes that those revelations will hit like a like a truck and they kind of hit like a toy truck <laughs> like a <laughs> bumps your big toe or something <laughs> so yeah that's but they're they're rampant for sure and important i think you should read this book if you've always wanted to spend some time in white collar prison mm-hmm mm-hmm Be- because everyone does um yeah fantasy for everybody <laughs> Uh, you should read this book if you don't care for overly complex language or imagery. It's just not literary. I mean, that, and that can be interpreted yeah. in a pretentious way, in a you know thoughtful, kind way. I don't even, I don't even know. It's it's just not. It has no literary aspiration. Mm-hmm. So yep, that's yeah. That I think is is pretty tough. My last one, I think. Yeah, last one. I think you should read this book if you plan on listening to our book club episodes, because I think by the end of this, it'll be clear that is actually the only reason you should read this. (laughs) So, Mom, I guess, go ahead. (laughs) I give you permission to read this. Um, You should read this book if you like non-murdery whodunits. Yeah, it is a mystery, though, in the end. So unlike the... Unlike the identity blending you were maybe hoping for, it certainly mm-hmm. does have a mystery to it. I thought it was also, yeah. you know, poorly constructed and detestable in its construction. So, <laughs> yeah. but it is a mystery. So there we go. We we should read another mystery and see how the two. We have to. Like, yeah, yeah we absolutely have to. We discussed this as well, but like we have to do. We got to just pull some of the iconic people in. Um, who mm-hmm. comes to mind? I mentioned, oh, Agatha Christie. It's like, we, we yep, just got to do it. Christie. We got to do it. We got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yep. uh, let's move to our pop culture touchstones. 
Uh, touchstones. Did I say touchstones? <laughs> Losing my mind at 1030. Uh, pop culture <laughs> touchstone is when we compare this work to something else that we think you might know about. So it could be movies, TV, other books, b- music, art. I mean, anything really, anything with the hopes of a connection. Do you want to go first? It's your pick. Sure. I said um, any soap opera, just just mm. any soap opera. American soap opera. Um, there's lots of jealousy, secrets, wealth, affairs, etc. So as far as like plot, pretty similar. Um, mm-hmm. And just like a soap opera, it's all about the scandals. It's all about these revelations. And it's not about the way that that information is presented. It's not about the style behind that. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that is a good call. I don't know anything about soap operas other than the cultural osmosis, you know? I feel like you see a Mm -hmm. scene crop up as kind of a meme or joke every now and again from a from a soap opera but i do get the gist in the tone i think it's mm-hmm. about as intellectually engaging as those <laughs> that would just, I think that's an extremely <laughs> fair point of comparison so i don't i'm not going to change mine i'm going to leave that pause into i was just thinking about changing it but i'm also going to give a touchstone that i don't know anything about <laughs> i'm doing a mind also through kind of cultural osmosis i'm going to say nice. the real housewives of whatever i know there's a dozen of those now have you ever watched that yeah. series uh, no, I think I've seen like bits and pieces because they'll like, you know, trailers and they'll always show the most salacious thing where the, the women are like beating each other up or something. Yeah. Um, but that's all I've seen. <laughs> yeah. And I just think it matches in a couple critical ways. One is just family mess and drama. Hopefully we've made that clear by now. That's predominantly what this book is about plot, character, conflict wise. So that's, that's the heart of it. And... I think the thing that Real Housewives does as well is it it's not a very good critique of wealth because the people who enjoy it, I don't think, are taking away any insightful or thoughtful criticisms of people who are wealthy and bored and we should mock them and deride them. Though I do, isn't it a show that some people do kind of hate watch? Like they dislike everybody in it, so they want to see him fail. Is that kind of the reputation of that show? I think so, yeah. Okay. Yeah, this book, it just... I, well, yeah, no spoilers. I I don't think it's a very well-written thing about wealthy people, is what I'll say. And if it is, it could not be more sanded down and kind of bland. Um, The only other rich person media I could think of that I enjoy right now is the TV show Succession. But that show is like so bitingly written written, and it's really incisive and it's actually like a kind of a pillorying satire of the rich. And it doesn't waste any mm-hmm. time doing that kind of stuff. And it pits these pathetic people against each other and shows them to be so. So it just like that's a not a good comparison point because succession is good and this book is not. <laughs> um, but I also, you know, I don't want to judge Real Housewives. Again, I've never watched it, so I'm sure it has plenty of merit. Uh, or I'll, I'll assume so. And yeah, that's why I think it's a better comparison point because this is just kind of it's like, I guess if you want to just stare at this car crash of a book, you could. Yeah, that's that's so, a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah, um, let's do our you know scripted recommendations, scripted pitches. This is when we engage in a two hundred word or so, usually lesser. I tend to go over and do more. A pre written scripted thing that we thought about this book. Try and give a short review of it. We do like to prepare something in advance, just you know, well thought out and well considered. Try and consolidate our thoughts down here and give you something coherent and brief. I'll go first because mine's pretty negative, so I'll <laughs> we'll get that we'll get that nasty air out of the room right away and let that kind of blow over. 
Um, here's my scripted pitch. Age Kim, who is a Harvard and Berkeley educated lawyer, or perhaps former lawyer, the bio didn't say, just mentioned that, has written a novel here so preposterous and cliched that I think to review it without opening with that exact phrasing, it would be a disservice. So we got to start there. It, it's riddled with both things. Uh, it is a book that I can say with quite strong confidence it has absolutely nothing to say about the rich and privileged, the tormented or the corrupt, or even like the dissolution of family, though I'll admit that final theme or idea it is its most cohesive. So if you're going to hold this book up and, and point to what it does well, it's maybe some family, some, some family dynamics. I think there's that. Um, it's, it's a story told in dual perspective. So for one half we get, I think truly one of the least insightful and has to be vapid accounts of white collar prison that must have ever been written. I'm not a scholar on the topic, so I'll leave it for other people to decide, but it truly just had nothing to say about prison. <laughs> um, and for the other half of the dual narratives, I think it's also one of the least interesting and least dynamic sibling relationships ever explored. It plays the same notes a million times and makes sure that you hear them, but it's they, there's just no tete-a-tete. There's no back and forth. There's nothing interesting about that siblings, but those are the two narratives we have. I think perhaps some people may find that it has merit as kind of a mystery story or thriller, so here's, I guess, where I break. Like, that's not a genre I typically enjoy or read, so I'm maybe biased as kind of an outsider. But, like, this ends so nonsensically because it withholds information the whole time just to deploy a few convenient revelations at the end for a twist. And again, if that's a genre trope that's, like, everyone's cool with, then fair enough, fair play. But, like, I really thought it was one of the more pathetic plot things I, I think I've ever seen. Because if, if lying and withholding is cleverness, then I think we can all write a clever story. Uh, I hope I don't have to suffer through that kind of trope again, because, again, it just it, it landed with a thud for me. I couldn't believe that that was what the book did. Um, to my account, here's my summary, final summary. No character changes, no theme stirs, no conflict compels. This is a truly dreadful novel up there with the worst of what we've read so far so in its illustrious company are my picks born a crime in the midnight library which i also thought were pretty dreadful books and so my pitch is simple do not read this book there you go that's the fun that's the <laughs> script uh but if you do then be sure to listen in like subscribe you know we're crushing it over here yada yada self-promotion just end in that really sad way but yeah it's like uh, unless you're going to listen in with us, which I think, you know, as always, Amanda, we have great discussion about things we perhaps don't love, and I did mm -hmm. not like this at all. I, this is right <laughs> up there with those others. <laughs> I, I wish I had something else to say. So that's my, that, my, my pitch. I would say, yeah, so this novel has not been my favorite by any means, but... Please save and, me, and it is, Save, it save is them. Up, <laughs> it is up there with, for me, also, Born a Crime... And the Midnight Library, I think for me, the Midnight Library was probably the worst. Gotcha. Um, but, and we've read, generally speaking, such great books um, overall that this is, this is the biggest crime for me with this book is that it was bland um, in a lot of ways, just, just stylistically and everything else. But yeah, and what I think is also funny is the way that you start your pitch is the same way that I start mine, which is to Fantastic. point out that this is a person who is illustrious in other fields. <laughs> so. I think, um, it's just because of the baseline. Let's just say that's a generosity envy play on our, like, yeah, of course. Uh, sure. I wish I was Harvard Berkeley educated. Let's just call it, I'm, you know, 
I'm just being envious there, I guess, you know, I, but I don't, it, to me, as we joked on the episodes, I, I'm always comforted to see extremely well-educated people do disastrous work because it's like, <laughs> ah, yes, okay. <laughs> this is, you know, we're all human out here uh, struggling and, and truly no degree confers any sort of elite status or privilege on anyone it's <laughs> it's all the same mess so anyway <laughs> um yeah but i i agree that the the theme that does the best in the book is is about family the yeah. dissolution of it uh, we see it coming apart but then strangely at the end you know not so much so yeah it's that would be the theme that stuck out to me the most i agree um, so my script is Age Kim has a lot going for her Successful lawyer, mother, wife uh, Someone who graduated from Harvard And Berkeley Law With this novel she can also add author I guess um, She's certainly impressive <laughs> Yours is the more n- positive one That's how you start <laughs> I feel like even my critiques Weren't that, that harsh <laughs> The novel's real. I mean, it's just sitting in front of me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> She's certainly impressive, but the novel is not. Uh, her writing is bland, sometimes cliched, and often tonally inconsistent. Her law hmm. background is obvious when she writes about the law and in the deposition narrative pieces, but the rest of her writing lacks any emotion. Um, There are scenes that Kim could have really showcased some stylistic flair, but ultimately she sacrifices style for plot. Even the Mm -hmm. characters seem pretty flat, and despite having two narrators, the reader is only really given shallow characterization. That said, this wasn't a terrible read. Uh, The plot does move along, and the structure of the novel is interesting, especially for a debut novel. This book is ideal for someone who wants something to breeze through in order to kill time, like the books you normally find at the airport. Yeah, and I think it it can be kind of recommended in that casual way of sort of like, well, it won't, you know, it, it won't hurt. It'll it'll maybe entertain you for a bit, and that's kind of where you can leave it. I think I think what I want out of a thriller is more mood. You know, I want I want some kind of setting that imposes itself. And this has nothing. It has it has a holiday vacation home called Le Refuge, which has, I, don't, I guess, like some interesting s- stuff in it. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I, I think I, I just want my thrillers to be like eerie or something. I don't even like horror stories, but even for a thriller, I want to feel more on the edge. I want to feel more uneased, uh, uneasy. And so. Yeah, this just didn't get me in that mood. For a, f- a family drama as well, you would think that the emotions would be amped up, that we would see a whole lot more um, emotional outbursts and stuff like that, but we get, we get nothing. Yeah, so. yeah. It is pretty, um, it is pretty tame. Okay, mm-hmm. let's move to our quotes and then hit the eject button on this book recommendation. <laughs> Surely no one's listening at this point, but that's okay. We we don't stop the work, Amanda. The work goes on. We're relentless in our pursuit of literary bliss. Let's do our quote for clarification. Um, this is the final segment of the book recommendation. It is when we each select a quote for some specific or broad reason, and we're going to read it and just discuss it with you. I will go first. Again, we'll leave the last word to you. You deserve it. So I'll go first with mine. This is um, from page 44. 
And it is Hannah, who is the lawyer. Well, not lawyer. She's like a legal librarian. And it's her point of view uh, when she is in the prison uh, for the first time. It's like white collar, West Virginia prison. Pardon me, ma'am, the man says. He holds my elbow so gently. Oh, too gently, sorry. Steer me away from the open microwave door. He closes the door, grabs a pile of dirt brown paper towels from the nearby dispenser, and walks over to a grandmotherly looking inmate who takes the hamburger from him and starts gobbling like she hasn't eaten in weeks. It's humbling. I was the one at fault, and yet this man, someone I probably would be afraid to meet in a dark alley, and probably dismiss as poor white trash if I met him in a Walmart, exhibits more gallantry than my brother or any of his country club friends have ever shown me. All right, so uh, firstly, brand plug. I could not pick a paragraph without a brand, Amanda. You knew this. You knew I had to do it. I had, and I went light. I could have picked one with 10 brands, and I chose yeah. one with one brand, so nice shade to Walmart there. Love, love a Walmart dig in America. Did 11 on that. Uh, that is about the level of thoughtful social critique and insight you'll get in this book. Obviously, this man would have been white trash, except, you know, did you know, Amanda, that the lower classes are just as nice, sometimes nicer than the upper classes? Did you know that? What? <laughs> I have no idea. I are thought you... that if you if you don't lift your pinky while you're drinking tea, then you are just a monster. Yeah. Did you know that people <laughs> at country clubs can be like meaner than the person buying salsa in the Walmart, you know, tortilla aisle or whatever? <laughs> it's because you're not flashing your wealth. Uh -huh. Let them know. Yeah. It's just so <laughs> bad. <laughs> um, I think here's what I'll say about the Midnight Library. I'm going full tangent now. I'm going full diversion mode because I really was trying to think which book I disliked more. They're they're up there, of course. I think I like the Midnight Library more because in its blog posty mediocrity, I think I just get the message and think it's a fine message. And so I'm like, you know what? You wrote a bad novel, but I agree with you, I guess. <laughs> it's better to be alive than dead, though I don't even know if I believe that. But <laughs> but okay, I mm. accept your I accept your <laughs> premise or your conclusion. This book, I don't even know what it's trying to say, or really. I mean, I get some of the family themes in the end, but I, again, I, I picked this quote. I'm rambling now, but I picked this quote just to show... If that's the kind of character work you're looking for, if that's the level of thought, then this book's waiting and you should read it. It's it's good, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have nothing to add to that, so I'll yeah. just go on with, with mine. Um, this is the opening paragraph, um, and this is told also from Hannah's perspective. They're all drunk as usual. It's the final night of the annual Lindstrom family reunion, the official end of summer, and the last time we'll be together for a while. Everyone's indulged in a few too many Moscow mules and dirty martinis. The kitchen stool behind the Carrera marble counter provides a mezzanine view of the assembled cast. So, hey, there's lots of liquor. Everybody's uh, almost passed out drunk. And they're in a fancy place with mm -hmm. a type of marble counter that has a brand name. I didn't even brands. know. Brands, yeah. Exist. You get all um, the brands, Amanda. You get the Walmarts <laughs> and the Elite. There's no, it's brands on all yeah. ends. It's brands all the way yep. down. Yep, yep. Um, so that's, that's her way of setting tone. Uh, so that's an example of her setting tone for you. Um, and that's the opening line. And it's about what you can expect throughout the, the novel. I think that 
I don't even really know what to say. I was going to say something about, I think that brands in the way she deploys it, it's, it's just, I think to be admired, maybe, maybe I'm coming around, you know, it's uh, maybe I've been beaten into submission, you know, and that I'm just, <laughs> I think maybe I dislike the editor more than the author. Like whoever edited this book, man, like how do you not give that note? Why are there just so <gasps> oh. many brands? You know, remember when we read the Tom Hanks short story collection and we had many of the same um, complaints, actually. I think I like that one more than this. I'd have to I'd have to go deep into meditative state to decide. But I do think I enjoyed that. I'm not sure why this one ended up grading on me so badly. Well, I think I do know because Amanda, I don't know if you knew this, we recorded two book club podcasts breaking it down. (laughs) So we, you know, we we have an analysis ready for you, dear listener, if you've stuck with us for this long in this true drag of an episode, um, then those are awaiting your listening and will be available for your pleasure very soon. Any final thoughts before I take us on the rails to eject us off them again? Um, no, I think I'm good. Yeah, so that's our thoughts on, again, the novel is A Good Family, and is by author A.H. Kim, so check us out in the podcast feed. We will have our normal two book club episodes. Uh, we divide books in half and then do a book club on each half, so look for that analysis in the feed. It'll be there archived for, you know, whenever you find this and want to come back and listen to our thoughts, listen to us break it down. And if you don't mind spoilers, then you can just kind of listen to us shoulder shrug and critique our way through a book. <laughs> uh, so, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, there's some compliments in there, right? We get, don't we have some, some praise? Is it faint praise? Huh. Well, I do. There, I pulled very specifically. I made sure to find several sentences and instances of things that I enjoyed. Yeah. And I did like the structure and the organization. I will give her that. It was the right call to, to split it, I, I think. I, I mean... In terms of plot twists, it was the it was mandatory, <laughs> but we'll <laughs> leave that for the book club. Um, okay, let's let's finish this up here. What are we reading next, Amanda? Because at this point, if we haven't persuaded you again, that's my bad. We have failed, <laughs> but we do have other books coming up, other picks. So, what do we got coming up next? Um, next up, we have The City and the City by China Mieville. Then we have Pachinko by Minjin Lee, and then we have A Visit from the Goon Squad by Jennifer Egan. Yeah, redemptive books, we hope. We cross our fingers. I will say they're more critical, darlings. So that we got that going for us, the authors yeah. anyway. Especially Pachinko. Well-reviewed, mm-hmm. well-respected, turned into a popular, well, not popular show, but a like beloved critical darling show. So all around good picks coming up. We hope you listen to those. Again, check out the podcast feed for all of our book recommendations and book club episodes. They will stay archived for as long as you keep listening. So check us out there. Uh, If you're going to read this one, by the way, the first half will cover chapters 1 through 18. So if you're reading along, that's where you should pause and listen. Uh, Check us out on social media. I mentioned that, but quick reminder, Facebook and Instagram at the Lightly Literary Podcast, which is all one word. So check us out there. And as always, until next time, we'll see you between the pages. 